and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text is the Holy Gospel. Please be seated. Well, brothers and sisters, Jesus, as we know from Scripture, Jesus was tempted in every way just like all of us, but he never, he never sinned. That's Hebrews 4. But now, dripping wet from his baptism, our Lord endures satanic temptations. Alone, alone for 40 days and 40 nights. And now he's starving because he's had nothing to eat. Son of God, Lamb of God, Savior of sinners, Jesus is now the perfect target for the devil. Satan is a predator, a murderer, who looks for those who are alone. He goes after the solitary sheep. He waited for Eve to be alone and vulnerable. And he seeks to isolate you from hearing the Good Shepherd's voice, as well as separating you from the eating and drinking of the roasted on the cross body and blood with the bread and the wine. Satan would have you be a Christian in isolation and divorce you from Jesus so that he can hellaciously devour you. Brothers and sisters, if you choose to be a solitary Christian, a Christian on your own, if you will, I warn you, you make yourself out to be an easy target for Satan, who always seeks to isolate sheep from Jesus, from Jesus, who has the words of eternal life. Now in the text, in order to derail Jesus from his father, and from his Father's will to do a Good Friday to save the world from sin, death, and hell, Satan, he lurks about, and then he slinks up to Jesus when Jesus is alone and starving. If you're the Son of God, well, at his baptism, God the Father said that. It's true, Jesus is God's Son. However, if, if you're the son of God, and Satan says that, that's equivalent to what the devil first said to Eve in Genesis. Did God really say? Do you see what Satan is really up to here? He loves to divorce you from trust in God and trust in God's word. Satan wants you to doubt God and his word. Did God really say that you're a child of God? When did he say that to you? In your baptism? Really? And you trust that, Satan says? Really? How do you know that baptism is something that God does and something, something that you do instead? Well, the word says so. Satan goes, really? Did God really say that? Did God really say, Eve, that you must not eat of any tree in the garden? And immediately Eve bit on the bait and she answered, Well, no, we may eat of any of the trees in the garden except this one in the middle, the one knowing about good and evil. We're not supposed to eat from that one or even touch it 
or we will die. Eve did not let God speak for himself through his word. Incredibly and tragically, Eve added to God's word, ramped God's word up a little bit with what she thought was the seal deal, or dealing, you know, sealing the deal. She said, we're not even supposed to touch it. But God didn't say that. And of course, that's the tiny hole that the devil needed to break through. Once the head's in, then the body follows. If you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. I mean, you've got the power, Jesus. You're the son of God, aren't you? You made these stones. You can do that. You can certainly change them into bread to fill your empty stomach. And by the way, Jesus, who in the world would know that you cheated on your fast? There's nobody here to see you. We're out in the wilderness, you know. In Genesis, you remember, the devil used what? Food to tempt Eve. Fruit that was delicious, beautiful, and useful. And now, bread. Especially freshly made bread. But brothers and sisters, if Jesus turns the stones into bread, he would have betrayed who he is and why he has come. He came not to serve himself, but to serve sinners with his salvational Good Friday death. Our Lord's hunger, his appetite, was to do his Father's will, which is to Good Fridayly die for the sin of the world. And so Jesus sternly rebukes Satan with God's word. Man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. That's from the Old Testament. One little word of God. Temptation overcome. Defeated. Unlike with Adam and Eve. The devil doesn't give up so easily. He comes with another temptation. He takes Son of God Jesus to the highest point of the city, to the apex of the temple in Jerusalem. If Jesus can quote the Bible, so can the devil. Psalm 91. He will give his angels charge over you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Satan's ploy is this. If you're God's son, the Bible says that the angels will catch you and you won't even stub your little toe. So jump! You trust God's word, don't you? Be the son of God by taking a leap of faith and let the angels net you on the way down in their wings. This temptation is to, listen carefully, this temptation is to test, to test God's word. That is to say, to prove it. In other words, Run some experiments, Jesus, to see if God's word actually works. Like, for example, trying to prove that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth by his word. Or try to demonstrate or prove that you're a child of God in baptism. Or prove that all your sins are forgiven by our Lord's death. Or prove or verify that Jesus gives you his body with the bread. 
or his blood with the wine. Put that under a microscope and test it to see if that's true. Faith doesn't do experiments. I'm going to say that again, because that's what Satan wants Jesus to do. Faith doesn't do experiments. Faith does what? It simply trusts God and his word. You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it. Because if you could, oh, if you could, you wouldn't have to, to believe it. So Jesus clinches it with these words again from the Bible. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So if you're picking up what Jesus just threw down, it's this. We all believe that we have guardian angels watching over us. We do. We believe that. But when you're driving your SUV or your convertible, you stop at the stop sign and you stop at the red light, don't you? We all believe that God has the power to heal by just doing this. But when you get sick, you still go to the doctor. Right? We believe that the prayers of a righteous person avails much. But we still work as though everything depends on us. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Because when you put God to the test... Faith is destroyed. Well, the third time, that's a charm, right? Let's see. Satan takes Jesus to a soaring mountaintop. Shows him all the kingdoms of the world all at once in all their glory and all their power. The whole enchilada. I mean, this is like winning the world's largest Powerball power lottery ever. It's what everybody aspires to. Power, wealth, glory. All these things, Satan says to Jesus, all these things I'll give to you. All you have to do is fall down just this once and worship me. It's all yours, Jesus. But don't go to the cross. I'll take care of you. Because your father won't. Brothers and sisters, this is the temptation of idolatry. And all sin is idolatry. Greed is idolatry, Paul says in Colossians 3. Love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, 1 Timothy 6. You remember that the apostle Judas coveted cash so much that he did what? He betrayed Jesus to his enemies. Wealth, power, glory. Bread for the empty stomach. Wealth, power, and glory for the empty soul. They promise everything, long life, happiness, peace, and we are willing to sacrifice almost anything to have it, power, wealth, and glory. Not only our lives, but the lives of everybody around us. The unborn, of course, and the elderly are most especially sacrificed for our wealth, for our power, for our glory, for our convenience, for our contentment. We, however, tragically, tragically do not recognize that wealth, power, and glory as idolatry, let alone as bowing down the knee before the devil and worshiping him. All we see is what we want to see. And what is that? Success, celebrity, recognition, achievement, making a name for ourselves, leaving a legacy. 
admiration, control, being in charge, and of course, here's the, the best one of all, that we're all winners. We do not see that the lust for money, power, and glory as false worship. To my point, consider just how much all this idolatry cuts into our worship of Jesus and that will not allow us to worship Jesus. We all say that Jesus is the Lord of my life. All right, then let's do the math. 70 minutes of worship once a week is less than 1% of your week. Now, if you want to throw in 30 minutes of prayer per day, you're still under how much? You're still under 3% of your week. Now, in the text, Jesus rebuffs the satanic temptation with a quote again from Scripture. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus worships God the Father in our human flesh, and he serves God the Father only. He does not put the Father to the test. Jesus trusts his Father even when he was forsaken by his Father in silence while hanging on the cross. Jesus lived by every word that proceeded from the mouth of his Father. Jesus did all this in our human flesh, and in our flesh he has conquered the devil on his own turf. Now, brothers and sisters, what we just heard from Scripture, from Matthew 4, Jesus doesn't do this for himself. Jesus does all of this battle against Satan for you and for your salvation. On our own, we are not equal to the devil's temptations. Our strength against satanic temptation is who? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who conquers Satan. I remind you what, first, what Peter writes in 1 Peter 5. He says to be sober-minded, to be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him and standing firm in the faith. Faith in Jesus resists the devil because Jesus has conquered the devil. So we all resist in the strength of our Lord's might. We resist by standing firm in Jesus by faith. Now you'll notice who did all the tempting in the text. Was it God? No, because God tempts no one. But you are tempted by the devil, the world, and your own sinful flesh. You will be tempted to disbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice. You will be tempted to satisfy your own cravings and desires at all costs. You will be tempted to test God's word, to try and prove it to be true. You will be tempted to barter your worship for power, wealth, riches, fame, and glory. You will be tempted not to be the child of God that you are in Christ Jesus. I'm here to tell you, remember who you are. You are baptized children of God. Your life is in Jesus. It's not in yourself. Hidden in Jesus and his Good Friday wounds, the devil can't harm you. Our Lord's word of forgiveness in the Lord's Supper today, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, is certain and sure. And the devil must flee in the hearing of such divine promises that you trust. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.